Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of the Lion King movie. Uh, I haven't seen the brand new one yet, but I remember the original. Uh, and I, one of my favourite lines in there is the part where uh, Timon and Pumbaa are lying under the stars in the sky. And Pumbaa, uh, rightly so, says that stars are just gigantic balls of gas that are burning uh, thousands of kilometres away from Earth. Timon scoffs at him and says, Pumbaa, everything's gas to you. Uh, and that's sort of the, the joke. Um, but I'm talking about that because today we're going to read how Paul says to the Philippians that when they work out their salvation and when they're united in it and living in obedience to it with one another, then they will shine out like stars in the sky uh, in the world. Now, this is the challenge for us as well, uh, that we need to work out our salvation um, so that we can be obedient to it and so that we can shine in this world as also. Um, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, and as always, feel free to drop me a line. Maybe you can do it on the feedback button. There's a little uh, voice audio thing that you can click on and uh, say good day. Um, anyway, enjoy this next one. All right, take a seat. Uh, a while back, before I was married, uh, my wife, my girlfriend then, and I went on a short-term mission trip uh, to a place out in Western Australia called Lockhart. Uh, not Lockhart, sorry, Mount Magnet. Has anyone ever been to Mount Magnet? Mount Magnet is probably it's hours and hours out of sort of, sort of northeast from Perth, and it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, in fact, it's a, it's a gold mining town. When you think gold mining town, don't think like Hillbilly Central where there's old blokes sitting around with gold pans just trying to find little specks of gold dust. This is mega gold town central. These are mega trucks going down into the depths of the earth uh, to dig up lots and lots of gold on mass production. Uh, we went there to run some kids clubs um, with uh, the children and the youth that were there uh, and amongst both, the, especially amongst the indigenous community that was there as well. One evening, it was a really, really hot night and none of us could sleep and we, it was much cooler outside and so what we did, we actually got into the minibus that we were travelling in and we went out for a drive late in the middle of the night. And we drove out of the town for probably about 15, 20 minutes or so and it was just pitch black out there in the middle of nowhere. Have you ever been like that before? Out in the actual middle of nowhere. Not like out at Tarmor, I'm talking about out in the actual middle of nowhere. And as we got in the middle of nowhere, we stopped... Uh, we got out of the bus and we looked up at the sky and the sky was just lit up with star upon star upon star. Hand up if you've seen the sky like that before where it's just been so dark that the sky is just lit up. It's incredible. 
And, and actually, we, what we did is we go, this is cool. And it was so quiet. And it was so much in the middle of nowhere that we actually lay out in, on the middle of the road. Like there was this really long, straight strip of road out in the middle of nowhere. No cars anywhere. And we lay out on the road. The road was warmish. The air was nice and cool. And it was just quiet. And we sat there and we lay there and we just looked up at the stars together and got lost in the depths of the sky. I love that. Do you love that? Looking up at the sky and it's one of those moments where you just start to contemplate just how small we are in in comparison to the depths of the universe. We are tiny, aren't we? But I love looking at the stars and as you look up at the stars, more stars appear as your eyes get used to the darkness. And you might see something sort of actually move through the sky. Well, a shooting star, so it could be called. Or even a satellite. Have you ever seen a satellite slow moving, just slowly creeping through the sky as it just reflects the sun just for a little while and then it disappears? I love looking up at the stars like that. It was the year 1986 and I was four and Halley's Comet was going past planet Earth. How many of you have heard of Halley's Comet? Uh, here's a photo of Halley's Comet. Uh, the one on the left, a bit of an up-close sort of a one. The one in the middle is where it fits in the solar system. Uh, this is a mega comet that actually, like planet Earth, orbits around the sun. And, and Halley's Comet is called a, a twice-in-a-lifetime comet, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you'll see it twice in your lifetime. It comes past us every 75 to 76 years. So in 1986, I was four years old. My dad came out to me, it was night time, and he said, come on, Marky, let's go. I'm like, what am I looking at? And he's like, just come with me. And outside, he had a ladder up against the side of the house, and we climbed up onto the roof of the house, and we sat there, and we looked up at the sky, and we could see Halley's Comet up in the sky, sort of like the picture up on the right. It's not like the sort of comet that you might see in a Bruce Willis Armageddon movie, where it's sort of like (laughs) streaking through the sky and making a rumbling sound. It's sort of just like a flare. Slow moving, it's there, you can see it, you can look at it a couple of nights in a row before it is gone. It's pretty cool, hey? The next time it's meant to come by is in 2061, I'll be 79. It's pretty fun to think that this thing is out there in space at the moment, and one day it'll come back, and you'll be able to see it up in the sky. How old will you be? Anyone figure it out? 50 or so? Yeah, I think so, probably about 54 or something like that, I think you'll be. 58? There you go, 58. So um, I'm talking about this because in this passage that we're going to look at today, we're going to hear Paul talk about shining out like stars. And that's what Paul wants for the church in Philippi. Okay, So as we're reading the Bible, we want to read about it as it was intended to be read. So Paul writes a letter to the Philippians, and Paul wants the Philippians to shine out like stars in the sky. But the way that they shine out like stars in the sky is by working out their salvation and being united together in that. So going, you know what? Together we are saved in Jesus. And so as we figure that out, we're going to be different in this world. So let's look at some of these verses together in chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do you remember how last time we were at chapel, we spoke about Jesus who humbled himself? He became a man and he served us, even by dying, even death on a cross. Do you remember? 
And so Paul continues here and he says, Therefore, my friends, so in light of the humility and the servant nature of Jesus, so the Philippians, they also need to continue on. But the way that they're continuing on is to continue to work out their salvation. They've got to work it out with fear and trembling. Why? Well, verse 13, see the blue word? For? That's the perspective that we've got to keep in mind. It's because God has taken initiative for these people in Philippi. You guys know what it means to take initiative, don't you? Initiative when you take ownership for something and you make a decision based on your own will and determination. This morning, I was at home and just finished breakfast. We are getting ready to come to school and I noticed that there were dishes and dirty plates and stuff all around the sink. And so I took the initiative to pack the dishwasher. Maybe you've done that before. You've taken the initiative to pack the dishwasher and your mum sees it and she's like, oh my goodness, you did it and I didn't even have to ask you. I love you. And she overdoes it. You know that overdone thanks that mums and dads give you sometimes where you've done something that's just good and they're like, oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You're like, mum, just calm down. I'm not going to do that ever again. <laughs> no, no, but this is the thing, right? God has taken initiative for you. Now, God has taken the initiative to save you when Jesus came and he died on the cross. You didn't ask to be saved. He's just done that. In fact, in other places in the Bible, it tells us, remember, that while we were dead in our sins, while we were enemies with God, that God took initiative and he saved us. And so that's what God's done. He's saved us. And so the responsibility that Paul says is that there's a, the, the urging is to work out the salvation with fear and trembling. I think the fear and trembling is interesting. It's not scary to be saved, but it's scary to come face to face with the reality that if it wasn't for Jesus, we would not be saved. And that would be a bad thing. That's something that ought to be fear inducing because the wages of sin is death. You know that. And so God has saved us. God has saved the Philippians people. The people living in Philippi, he has saved them. And they are to be united together in this knowledge that they ought to work out. But why? Why should they figure this out? Why should they work out their salvation? Well, Paul wants them to work out their salvation so they can live humbly and united together. Read on. He says, verse 14, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. See, as they are humble and united together, Together, as those who have worked out their salvation, there's a way that they live in this world together as God's people. And it's without grumbling or arguing. When we see this grumbling and arguing, I think Paul is picking up the grumbling and arguing that we see in the Old Testament with God's people, the Israelites. Do you remember how the Israelites are saved from Egypt in Exodus? And not long after they're saved, they're, they're running out of Egypt because the Pharaoh says, yeah, you can go. But they come and stand on the shores of the Red Sea. And do you remember what happens when they get to the shore of the Red Sea? What happens? What happens? They grumble and they argue. Did you know that? They get there and they turn to Moses and say, Moses, you suck. We should have stayed in Egypt. Now we're going to die because of you. We should have stayed there. But then Moses is like... Quit your arguing and complaining. And he, he raises his hands and poof, the, the, the Red Sea splits in half. And, and they go through, right? But then as they continue on, these God's people, God's children, there's a whole lot of other times when we actually see, sadly, and you can read this in Numbers, God's people grumble and they argue. 
They grumble and argue against God and against Moses when they get hungry. And they're like, God, we're so hungry. We would have been better in Egypt. At least in Egypt, even though we were slaves there, at least in Egypt we had pomegranates. At least there we had plenty of fruit and water and and we wouldn't have been hungry. We would have been slaves, but that's okay. At least we were well fed. And so God goes, all right, calm your farm, mate. And he sends them quail and manna. Do you remember that story? The little birds that they get to collect and eat up, like KFC running around every morning. And the, the heavenly bread called manna. Another time they grumble and they argue, and they grumble and argue about not having water. And they grumble against Moses. And so God says, well, just calm them down by going over to that rock and hitting it with your staff. And he does that. And what happens when he hits it? Water comes pouring out of this rock. So God's people, they grumble and they argue. But every time they grumble and they argue, God goes, no, no, no. Remember, you belong to me. You're my people. You are my children. And so I will provide for you. See, I think Paul intentionally uses these words to remind the people living in Philippi that because of Jesus... They are the children of God. They belong to him and so they don't need to grumble and argue in this world. They need to work out their salvation and they need to live humbly in it without grumbling and arguing. But the good thing about this is that when they do that, they will become blameless and pure children of God who live in this warped and crooked generation without fault. There's a way that they will live in this world which is going to be different. And so then he comes this verse that we've been waiting for. He says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Here it is. Being a Christian, figuring out your salvation and living in it together with other Christians is going to make us stand out in this world. It's going to make us be different in this world in a positive difference. As we trust in the grace that God gives us through Jesus, it's going to mean that we shine out like Halley's Comet in the sky. But not just once every 75 years. Hopefully every single day you will get to shine out in this world. But you notice though that he says this, he says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Is there a full stop there in that sentence? No, he continues on and he says, as you hold firmly to the word of life. See, the the thing is about figuring out your salvation is you continue to hold on to the word that we have received from God. We continue to live accordingly to it. We hold on to it like it's the the thing that's that's our lifeline, right? We hold on to it. But it's about by holding on to that, it's then we will shine out to the world like stars in the sky. What's cool about this part is, remember Paul writes this letter to Philip the Philippians while he himself is in prison. Do you remember that? But look at what he says. The thing is, when they shine out like stars for Paul, this is going to be an encouragement to him. He says, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. Paul's looking ahead here. He's looking ahead to the day that Jesus is going to come back. And Paul wants the church in Philippi to shine out like stars, to work out their salvation, so that they are there in the end and they are found standing with Jesus when he returns and Paul will be there standing with them and together they'll be able to knuckle bump and say, woo, we made it, this is awesome. And Paul will be able to wipe his forehead and go, whew, all that work was not for nothing. It was worth something. This is good. Year 11, 
you've heard the good news about Jesus. But have you worked it out? Are you thinking it through? Sometimes the trap is that we want to hear more tricky things. We want big, hard questions to be answered. But the most important thing that you need to figure out is not predestination. It's not those other big Christian-style questions you might have bubbling around in your head. The most important thing that you need to figure out when it comes to Jesus, God, and the Bible is how we can be saved from our sin. We've got to get that right. Hold firmly to it. And when you've got it right and you hold firmly to it, then shine out in the world around you. So I want to say to you this. Work out your salvation. Learn it. Understand it and accept it. Don't just let it wash in one ear and out the other. Actually dwell on it and chew it over. It was really interesting this weekend on Saturday morning. I hadn't done it yet, but I opened up Apple Music and I listened to Kanye West's new album. Has anyone listened to it yet? <laughs> Only a couple of people. Uh, I don't know if you know Kanye West. Does anyone know Kanye West? you heard of this guy? <laughs> so what's really interesting, Kanye West, this really worldly rapper, quite like very popular, known all the way around the world, um, for the life that he's lived, uh, the excess to which he's lived life. He's loaded, isn't he? I think he's got gold teeth, for crying out loud. Um, but the thing is, uh, you wouldn't have called him a Christian like two weeks ago. But all of a sudden, he's released this album. And what's the album called? Yeah, Jesus is King. This guy, so it seems, has been thinking carefully about what he knows about Jesus. I've only watched one little documentary video about him. I don't know for sure, right? Hold on a second. No. Hold on. I don't know for sure. I don't know if maybe this is just a publicity stunt. I don't know. But I just want to give him just for a moment, right, the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to judge him um, and say, there's no way that Kanye West could become a Christian. In fact, what's one of the lyrics, I think, in his song? One of his songs, he says, the people that are going to judge me the hardest are going to be the Christians. So I don't want to be like that. But I just want to just think for a moment. Here he is, and, and I hope actually that he's been thinking about what he actually believes about Jesus. That he's working out his salvation with fear and trembling. I hope that he's actually come to the point where he's really gone. I've worked it out, and Jesus is the king who has saved me. For if he has then here is a real moment where Kanye West is standing out before the world shining like a star in the sky, isn't he? And that's the same for you too. Think about what Jesus has done for you. Figure it out. Learn it. Apply it. But don't just sit on it and do nothing about it, but shine out to the world around you. I spoke to you before about this comet, Haley's Comet, and I said to you, it's coming around again in 2061 when I'm 79 and you're, what do you say, 58? Uh, 59. Can I say, I hope that when you are 59 and you see Halley's Comet in the sky for the first time, I hope that you think back to the 28th of October 2019 to this very morning as you're sitting here in chapel in your Broughton uniform and I hope you remember... Something along the lines of some chapel talk that your chaplain gave you about shining out like stars. 
And I hope that as you see Haley's comment, you actually might think about what do you still believe about Jesus? And is it true? Is it right? Is what you believe about Jesus actually the thing that's going to get you in with God to live with him in heaven forever? I hope that you're challenged by that today, but I hope it's a thought that will challenge you when you're 59. Let me pray for you today that you would work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but also that you'd have a good day today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great message of Jesus. Help us to not only hear it, but to deal with it, to learn it, to work it out and to accept it. Lord, I pray that if we do accept it, you would help us to be an example of the salvation that we have received. Help us to shine out like stars in the sky to be different in the world, to be out of step with the world, to be blameless and faultless. Uh, Help us uh, to be people who stand up for what Jesus says is good and right. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for these students this morning. I pray that you'd help them to have a really good day. Uh, In the six periods that are just about to begin, uh, Lord, help them to be determined to do their best. Help them to apply themselves, to work carefully. Uh, Help them to do lots of little bits of study Uh, to be consistent in their approach to their work so that uh, this time next year when they're in year 12 and they're doing their HSC, that they will be uh, wonderfully prepared and that they will be able to uh, finish uh, schooling off well. Uh, Lord, I also pray this thing so that you would help them to do really well at whatever they do. Help them to use their hands and their gifts and their talents uh, to live well in this world. And I pray this because when we live well in this world, we actually uh, image you and we show the world what it means to be made by you to live in this world and to rule over it. Lord, help us have a really good day today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's Word about how He has loved us and how He has saved us and who He calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at mrk underscore schroeder.